During the Whitechapel murders of 1888, the name Jack the Ripper didn't enter our lexicon until after the double event of Elizabeth Stride and Catherine Eddowes of September 30th. Up until that point, the killer had been known variously as the Red Fiend, the Whitechapel murderer, and most famously, the Leather Apron. It wasn't until a letter, both deemed to be written by the killer himself, that was forwarded by the Central News Agency to the Metropolitan Police that the name Jack the Ripper would be introduced. This letter, written and addressed to The Boss, Central News Office, London City, read, Dear Boss, I keep on hearing the police have caught me, but they won't fix me just yet. I have laughed when they look so clever and talk about being on the right track. That joke about Leather Apron gave me real fits. I am down on whores, and I shan't quit ripping them till I do get buckled. Grand work the last job was. I gave the lady no time to squeal. How can they catch me now? I love my work, and I want to start again. You will soon hear of me with my funny little games. I saved some of the proper red stuff in a ginger bottle over the last job to write with, but it went thick like glue, and I can't use it. Red ink is fit enough, I hope. <laughs> the next job I do, I shall clip the lady's ears off and send to the police officers, just for jolly. Wouldn't you? Keep this letter back till I do a bit more work then give it out straight. My knife's so nice and sharp, I want to get to work right away if I get the chance. Good luck. Yours truly, Jack the Ripper. Don't mind me giving the trade name wasn't good enough to post this before I got all the red ink off my hands. They say I'm a doctor now. <laughs> Amongst the chaos caused by the dear boss letter and the authorities going public with it, another letter was received. In the early morning of October 1st, a postcard was written in a similar handwriting to the dear boss letter, arriving once again at the central news agency. This postcard was also scrawled in red ink, but in addition, there was what appeared to be bloodstains on it. The postcard read, I was not cutting dear old boss when I gave you the tip. You'll hear about saucy Jackie's work tomorrow. Double event this time. Number one squealed a bit. Couldn't finish straight off, had not the time to get ears for police. Thanks for keeping last letter back till I got to work again. Jack the Ripper. Two weeks later, on October 16th, a small package wrapped in brown paper and bearing an indistinct London postmark was delivered to a Mr. Lusk. The parcel contained a foul-smelling gift, and the letter read, From Hell. Mr. Lusk. I send you half the kidney I took from one woman, preserved it for you. The other piece I fried and ate it 
It was very nice. I may send you the bloody knife that took it out, if you only wait a while longer. Signed, catch me if you can. and I'm not and I'm just <laughs> and then I'm t- <laughs> no but wait wait I have something for him boom shut down now you're just fucking me aren't you <laughs> I'm just wondering why all these people like kids the weird history and eerie tales podcast concentrate on the dude shit's what we do wow <laughs> FYI there's nothing wrong with my uh, Alright, welcome everybody to another episode of the Weird History Eerie Tales Podcast. I am your host, Moses Soria. And with me to my left is my brother Josh. Yo, what's good? And sitting directly to the right of me is Achi. It's fucking summer vacation. It's fucking summer, Dude, baby. I have, I have around the corner. I haven't seen you this excited in a long time. You have you don't have to deal with any of those kids. Is my color back? <laughs> <laughs> and today we're going to continue our Jack the Ripper series. And if you guys hadn't, if you guys haven't checked out our first episode, Jack the Ripper Part 1, that's where we talk about well, the Whitechapel murders begin. We talk about Mary Nichols, Annie Chapman, a few suspects, the Jack the Ripper, how they politicized the whole Ripper murders during the whole thing. We talk about Elizabeth Stride, Catherine Eddowes, and the last thing we talked about was the quote-unquote writing on the wall, how the police butchered this investigation. And today, I'm just saying. If you're listening to part two without listening to part one first, you're an animal. What's wrong with you? You're a freaking confused. You're gonna get you're, confused. You are another. No, I respect it. I respect it. What? I, he lives by its own rules. You live by your own rules. Do you? He's Don't like, live. Fuck part one. Let me go straight to part two. <laughs> he fucks my old city. How dare you do? He wants I don't to know how to respect that. He wants to know how to hate you. He wants to know how it ends before he starts it. I respect that. Sometimes that that's I'm like that. that's like me when I came into a red wedding with Game of Thrones. You are an <laughs> idiot. Long story short, this character, Achi. Right? It was a Red Wedding episode. Right? He comes in. He's like, yo, you mind if I stay and watch it? Yeah, go for it, dude. We had no idea what the fuck to expect. Right? Towards the end, everything happened. We're just fucking silenced. People are crying. And Archie's like, oh, what something big happened? Oh, they just died. I'm like, you I was just, son of a bitch. I was like, man, that looks cool. This is what you guys watch? <laughs> and everyone's all freaking teary-eyed, bummed, bummed, bummed so out. Bummed. Bro, we were so bummed out. At the time, my dog, Luna, she had just had puppies. We all literally went outside to go play with the puppies. Yeah, we had to play with puppies. Oh, that's true. That's how bad it was. All right, so enough about puppies and the Red Weddings. So today we're going to finish off our part two. We're going to talk about the Ripper letters, the Dear Boss letters from Hell Letter. You guys heard the Ripper letter, the Dear Boss letter at the beginning of the episode. We're going to be talking, so we're going to finish off the episode. <laughs> so I hope you guys sit back and enjoy the show. Yeah. So when it comes to the Jack the Ripper, one of the f- craziest things are the Ripper letters. There's the Dear Boss letter. Yes, 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 yes. Still let us. The From Hell letter. And then another envelope. And these letters, the Ripper letters, is where we actually get the name Jack the Ripper. For those of you that do not know, Jack the Ripper was a nickname given to him by himself, according to these letters. Self-centered piece mm-hmm. of shit. So on September 20th. Piece of shit. So on September 29th, 1888. The Central News Agency forwarded a letter to the Metropolitan Police that they had received on the 27th, two days prior. Written in red ink, the letter was mocking the authorities' efforts in capturing him, I'm capturing the Ripper, taunting them, 
that they quote unquote won't fix me just yet. So this dude was just talking mad shit in this letter to him. You guys ain't gonna find me. You guys ain't shit. Cocky, guys, cocky super cocky. Fuck. McGregor walk. That he was, you know, just fucking. Yep, that's how. Yeah, yep. Picture that shit. So the letter went on to say that big, he big was energy. Very, 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 big. bro. He was hung. Yep. He so the, so the letter <laughs> so the letter went on to say that he was down on whores and I shan't quit ripping them until I do get buckled. The fuck does that mean? What does what that mean? The fuck. Basically, he's like, man, I ain't gonna stop this shit unless y'all stop me, and y'all ain't gonna stop, stop me because I got a big dick. So, what? so this is what the letter said. It's called the Dear Boss Letter. So, having told how he had saved some of the proper red stuff in a ginger beer bottle to write with over the last job, he complained that it had gone thick like glue and I can't use it. So, basically, he's saying the blood red. So, basically, so basically, what he's saying in the letter is, I'm writing these letters. This this letter you're reading is I'm using the blood of the of a victim of the victim. Damn. <laughs> so, threatening that the next job he would do, he would. Clip the lady's ears off and send it, and send the police send it to the police. The writer, the writer of the letter, he signed off with the most iconic John Hancock, and it said he ended the letter with "Yours truly, Jack the Ripper." I thought he was gonna send the ear and just write, "Hear me out." <laughs> no, uh, no, I see what you did there. Yeah, no, okay, I'm shut the fuck up now. All right, All right. so initially, the not, police. Not only is he a cocky motherfucker, he's a dumbass too. <laughs> He's a witty bastard. <laughs> that bastard. So, so, so initially, the police didn't really take the letter all that serious, and they played it off as some dumb joke. That was until mm-hmm. the murders of Elizabeth Stride and Catherine Eddowes, the double event that occurred not even twenty four hours of them receiving the letters. And the reason why they took this letter a lot more serious is because the letter threatened to clip the lady's ears off, which seemed to warn. About Catherine Edel's nicked earlobes. Mm. So they sent the letter. They're like, all right, la, 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 la. That's bullshit. Throw it away. That same day, Catherine Edel's dies and her earlobes are cut. They're like, where's that fucking letter? So on October 1st, the police would receive another letter referencing the Dear Boss letter Mm. and boasting about the double event this time. Damn. The police then got into action and began trying to trace the possible author or authors of these letters. The first one, the first letter they received, the first letter they received was the Dear Boss letter. The reason it's called Dear Boss is because that's how the letter starts. Dear Boss. Mm. And that's the one, that's the letter where we get the infamous Jack the Ripper name. And then the second letter they get is called the From Hell letter because he signs it. The, 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 the address says From Hell. That's what's called uh, it from hell. So soon after, both the postcard and the boss letter were reproduced on posters and displayed fucking everywhere. They're like, dude, the police are like, dude, we, it, if anybody could recognize these fucking handwritings, let us know. But on October 4th, three days later, these posters were starting to appear all over the world. People, newspaper agencies from different countries were picking the stories up. Damn. So th- it blew the fuck up, making the Whitechapel police have a, oh, shit, I think we fucked up moment. And then they were bombarded with so much fucking Jack the Ripper correspondence that they struggled to even attempt to investigate it all. They were getting letters left and right from fucking everywhere claiming, oh, I think that my neighbor's a Jack the Ripper. What the, where's this from? Columbia? Suck my dick. 
People are just <laughs> writing letters from fucking everywhere. You know what I mean? Like, oh, Jack the Ripper, I think he might have struck over here. What the fuck? Where's that? New Zealand? Suck my dick. We ain't studying over there. We're trying to catch the motherfucker here. Yeah. So they fucked up. They're like, God damn, we, I think we fucked up by putting these letters out. Guys, Even from doing that, I'm pretty up. sure like some of them were actually probably legit. Maybe. And so they were yeah. probably maybe, just thrown maybe. away. They're just like, fuck this. Yeah, they have to. For this. But one of these correspondences was a letter received by Mitch, by Mr. George Lusk, the chairman of the Whitechapel Vigilance Committee, so basically the neighborhood watch leader. Okay. This one was addressed from hell, and the badly written, misspelled letter came with half a kidney. Lusk told the letter, <laughs> so when Lusk got the letter, he told the letter and the kidney to suck his dick, like, fuck this, and threw the letter and the kidney in a cabinet. Shit, and I quote, suck my he dick. Like, suck my dick, and he suck my and dick. And he stuffed that bitch into the drawer. Yeah. But one of his buddies was in the house like, dude, what if that's a real kidney? What if it's like someone, what if it's like legit? It's evidence. Wait, just he fuck- was like, this is fake? He just said, like, man, fuck you. He literally just said, man, fuck you. Read the letter, saw the kidney, fuck you, and threw it in the drawer. He's like, all right, I'm going to go home with my day. And his, whole, and his buddy's like, dude. That's a fucking that's kidney. Like, that's a fucking kidney. <laughs> the fuck's wrong with you? He's like, dude. Fucking, let's go seek fucking medical opinion to see if this is even human or something. So they're like, all right, fuck it. So let's go. So they did. And it was given to Dr. Openshaw of the London Hospital, who concluded that it was indeed human and that it had been preserved in wine. So he's like, oh, shit, this is, this is really, this really is human. So you're telling me it was a kidney? It was a, it it was a, human, it was a human kidney. It was a human kidney. But the newspapers got a hint of this story, but misquoted the doctor. <clears throat> oh, as stating that the doctor said that the kidney belonged to a woman that had been drinking and had been killed within the last three weeks. How the fuck? That's what they said. We misquoted the doctor. It's like, you guys made up your own fucking story. I just said it was preserved in wine and it's a human kidney. So the doctor was like, no, 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 no. He's like, no, 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 I didn't say any of this shit. And he's he like, no, no, I suck my dick. I didn't say that. Yeah, and he was. And he, <laughs> so, so did you say you sucked my dick? Or you didn't suck my dick. So the doctor, he was quick to issue a denial of these headlines. Like, yo, I yeah. didn't say any of this shit. Like, it wasn't me. And in the denial, he said he also stated that it's Im- that it's impossible to tell the sex of the owner of the kidney. So to say it was a victim of the Ripper, it's it's outright scientifically isn't correct. There's no way we could know if it's a woman, if it's a man it's or a, a woman's kidney. Yeah. And he also stated that the from hell letter is probably just a fucking medical student. Fucking around, yeah, like just fucking around. This idea of a fucking practical joke, some foul play. No, because the letter was miswritten. It was fuck. It's like if I wrote it, like it was fucking misspelling everywhere. It was all crooked. Like so, that one was different from the first letter. Yeah, they're all Uh, different, but they're all supposedly from the Jack the Ripper. So today, it's almost universally agreed by historians and Ripper nerds that neither letter was actually sent by the killer himself. Uh, they're not called Ripper nerds. They're called Ripperologists. As I just found out, that's an actual fucking thing. These it's fucking, crazy. So these fucking nerds and these historians. They're nerds. No, dude. Like, they're, they're nerds. deaf. So <laughs> it's, almost, it's almost universally accepted that none of these letters were actually sent by the killer. But yeah. the damage of these letters Oof. have been done. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Specifically, the Dear Boss letter, which cannot be underestimated for this letter specifically helped turn a series of unfortunate murders into a fucking worldwide phenomenon. Dude, I only ha- I have four frames in my fucking room. And these four frames in my room are 
a Jack the Ripper newspaper article from the Times, the copy of the Dear Boss letter, and a wanted poster, and the from and the from hell letter. Those are the only things I have in my room. For for whatever reason, I've had these for years. They've been in my room. I think he's a nerd as well. What he's a fuck? he's a what? What'd you call him? He's a fucking nerd as well. No 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 no. But what type of nerd? Oh, ripperologist. <laughs> he's a fucking ripperologist. Yeah, I don't dude. like ripperologist, dude. Fucking ripperino. It's just ripperino. It's it's just something about these. Le- it's just something. It's fucking cool. You know what I mean? But like, these letters are not real. But that's yeah. the thing that made the fucking Jack the Ripper thing blow the fuck up. I wonder how he actually like felt if it wasn't him. But he's just looking at right. everything yeah. blowing up. He's it's, like. Damn. So, <laughs> none of this is for uh, me. None of this is for me, but hey, thanks, guys. I appreciate it. Thank, so, thank you, nerds. So, like I said, these letters helped turn a series of unfortunate murders into a worldwide phenomenon that still intrigues to this day. My, we've seen the fucking documentary. Yeah, there's just, fucking just uh, ripper tours. tours. Yeah, ripper tours. And Crazy. It, and it helped elevate the unknown asshole responsible for these letters into the realm of like a fucking everlasting legend. No one knows who, the, who wrote these letters. Mm-hmm. But there is a fucking theory about who wrote them. But more about that later. If you know, you know. If you... Oh, don't say that. I hate it when people say that. If you know, you know. Bitch, I don't know. And I want to know. There goes our, our earphone, our headphone listeners. Oh, blew the fuck up. My bad. My bad. I spike a lot. I do apologize. So, uh, last episode, we uh, concluded um, with four of the murders. This one, we are finishing off. We left the most... The most gruesome? The most gruesome one. Um, Archie pointed out that uh, after each death, it just progressed to worse. Escalating to uh, worse uh-huh. and worse and more gory. And by far, this one, Mary Kelly, is by far the most gruesome death that the Ripper committed. Also known as Dark Mary and Black Mary, her prostitution life started when she fell behind on paying rent for a room at the 13 Millers Court. She lived with some bum-ass unemployed dude. They fell behind rent, and she's like, you know what? I got to suck some dick for some money. And that's what led to her prostitution dude, life. Small, Bro, we've, we, her money we've all been there. We're like, dude, I need to suck dick. <laughs> what? I got to sell been, some ass. You're like, I don't get paid till next Friday. I don't get paid till Friday. It's Tuesday. You slinging that, ass? I need that was Jimmy over there in Vegas, huh? He's like, who's dick? I got to suck a base on Slinging I mean, ass for cash, man. Slang, oh, my God. Go. So, so that was her technically her origin of what led to her prostitution. Just fall behind rent. And now we're going to talk about the night of... The murder. Mrs. Ann Cox, Mary's upstairs neighbor, saw her around midnight going to her room with a man. She said goodnight to Mary, but she was too drunk to notice. That happened, blah, blah, blah. At 2 a.m. on November 9th, George Hedgeson met Mary on Commercial Street. It's crazy. 2 a.m. Who the fuck? She asked for money. She begged. She said, hey, can I have some money? But he responded saying, no, I have nothing. So Mary walked on saying that she must find money. And that's when a man coming from the opposite direction tagged her on the shoulder and said something to her. They started laughing and the man put his arm around Mary's shoulder, who then passed Hutchinson and walked into Miller's court, the room where she was renting. Mm -hmm. Okay. He waited there for a bit to see they were going to come out and he never came out. So he was like, all right, fuck it. 
It's a, you know, she's doing business. She's uh, sucking some dick. She's getting a shit crack. Yeah. So he fucked off. And around 4 a.m., several neighbors heard a cry of, oh, murder. But presuming it was just uh, either domestic violence or a drunken brawl, people ignored it. That's how common shit was. You know, people be like, oh, fucking murder. Like, ah, fucking Bob and Mary. Like, it's like us with the freaking gunshots, ghetto birds. Yeah. Ghetto birds. But imagine someone screaming, oh, murder. And you're like, it's probably a fight. No, motherfucker. <laughs> if they're screaming murder, it's because someone's dying or dead. Someone's dead. Yeah. So this was around 4 a.m. People ignored it. All right. It's domestic violence or fucking drunk brawl. At 10.45 a.m., Mary Kelly's landlord, John McCarthy, sent his assistant, Tom's Boyer, to collect her overdue rent. Getting no response when he knocked on the door, Boyer looked through the window and beheld a horrendous sight. He stated, it looked more like the work of a devil than of a man. And here is a description of the corpse of Mary Kelly. All the skin had been carved from Mary Kelly's thighs and abdomen. Her abdominal cavity had been emptied of its visceral. The breast had been cut off, arms mutilated, and face hacked beyond recognition. Her neck had been severed down to the bone. The liver lay between her feet the uterus and kidneys together with one breast under her head and the other breast was by her right foot. Her intestines lay along the right side of her body and her spleen laying along the left. You see this image of Mary Kelly and it looks fucking gruesome when you say you couldn't recognize her you your face was you can't recognize anything anything the only the only only, sorry to cut you off no no no, it's fine it's fine it's fine but the only reason i could kind of make make up what the picture is because the way the bed is i'm like all right that's the headrest so her head must be here which means this must be your leg like that's the only way you can piece dude she was torn the she was literally ripped apart ripped apart it's it was a brutal fucking image he, he, when I first saw it. I was like, holy shit. She he took really his got name murdered. seriously with his last murder. Yeah. Yeah. And, and like, dude, it's, it's fucking crazy too. Cause like, this is the first time the Ripper's victim was in an enclosed area. The other That's time. Because the other ones were like out and about. They're on the street. So maybe he's, you know, the door's he locked. Took fucking advantage of this shit. No one's bothering. So at this point, um, things have kind of calmed down with the uh, the whole Jack the Ripper murders because there's a, a point where things kind of slowed down. The murders weren't as intense, uh, but then it didn't stay for too long. The cops were getting a lot more organized when it came to tagging evidence or at least giving specific times, places, names of victims, people passing by, and later on, suspects. But there's also been uh, a huge influx of Ripper-inspired murders that have been happening around that time. And then one of them being on December the 20th of 1888, the body of Rose Millet was found in Clark's yard, Poplar. This murder wasn't suggestive of a Ripper murder, however. It was said that her injuries didn't resemble 
Jack the Ripper's technique, especially from this last murder. The police just added it to the list of Whitechapel murders and didn't really think much of it, to be honest. The police didn't believe that Jack the Ripper was even back until about seven months later. Then on July 17 of 1889, at 12.50 a.m., Police Commissioner Walter Andrews was walking along Castle Alley when he found the body of Alice McKenzie with her, with her throat slit, slit, her skirt raised, her abdomen exposing a zigzag-like patterned wound. Although to us, we would think this has to it's be the Ripper. Some, it's it's got to be the Ripper. The provisional police surgeon, on the other hand, begged to differ. Dr. George Baxter Phillips reported that the injuries found on Alice cannot definitively be the work of Jack the Ripper. And you'll see that there's a pattern of just murders happening left and right, but with no idea of who the killer might be, especially because they're ruling out Jack the Ripper as a possible suspect. James Moreau then took over as police commissioner and uh, was at the scene where Alice McKenzie's body was found and believed that the injuries highly resembled the Ripper killing. Hell, even another doctor... Dr. Thomas Baum believed it, so, but Dr. Phillips still believed that it was not a Ripper killing. Uh, once another doctor, Robert Anderson, stated that the murder was done by a quote-unquote another hand, Commissioner James Monroe then changed his opinion and said that this was an ordinary murder, not the work of a sexual maniac. Two months later, on September 10th of 1889, Another body was found, but this time beneath a railway arch in uh, Pynchon Street, where this time their lower torso was missing. Oh, fuck. Yeah. The other ones were just slit throats, little <laughs> type of thing. This one was just, their whole legs were just missing. Uh, but they still ruled it out as being a possible ripper killing. And the final of the Whitechapel murders was a victim by the name of Francis Coles, whose body was found on February the 13th. 1891 at 12:15 a.m. The police found that this victim was actually still alive. Oh. There was a huge amount of blood pouring out of the neck from a savage cut. However, soon after, she then passed away from bleeding out. Uh, unlike the previous two murders, they actually had a possible suspect this time. Uh, a ship fireman by the name of Tom James Thomas Sadler went out drinking with Francis Coles, the victim. Uh, remember the last person that we talked about the leather apron yeah yeah how we talked about how he was literally in the wrong place in the wrong time this is yet another perfect example oh, of that oh, oh, fuck tell me why after the police found out of james sadler they also found him blood stain at his lodging house along with a knife that was sold immediately the next to, in the next morning to a sailor named duncan campbell so they they were saying that or at least his his story was Oh no! This wasn't from the murder. This was because I was getting robbed. I was getting mugged, and so I was using this knife as uh, defense, defense. protection. Yeah. yeah. And you know, they questioned him. They're like, well, "Then why would you want to sell the knife the very next morning?" He's like, "Oh, because this and that, so and so. You could rule me out. I was in this place, and blah blah." And eventually, the police let him go. What the fuck, yeah. dude? Yeah. Because it. It was going back and forth, especially with the whole the amount of attention that the police were getting. They just wanted to find the suspect and move on with it. Dude, I'm surprised they didn't just blame get him, blame him for like we found the Jack the Ripper murder. It's over, and they're and let they, him run. And they wanted him to they wanted him to be the suspect. They're like, there, there we go, we found him, we found Jack the Ripper. <clears throat> but 
there wasn't enough evidence for for them to say like he was defending this person. Yeah, but let's say they do that. They get him. Like, hey, fuck it. This is Jack. And then yeah. more because, co- like you said, a bunch of copycats are yeah. out there. Uh-huh. They are. They put in media. Hey, we got Jack the Ripper. Yeah. And next, you know, another, another fucking murder. murder. Similar to Jack the Ripper. Now they're gonna look even more exactly as the fucking assholes and fools. Yeah, I mean, at the very least, now they they've been getting put more. everybody in jail. Fuck it, there you go. fuck it until everybody. finally. Fuck it, finally. But, but like, everybody in jail, there's no murders for a month, and everybody out. Imagine the stress, of goddamn, being police at the time was for them. How many, how much stress are we going through? You're just fucking fuck. up left and right. Imagine how much extra stress they had when they were doing this shit in the dark. <laughs> you week between the queens, like put they don't have light. lights. They don't have lights. Y'all don't got lights. Y'all don't got street lamps. Bruh. Thank you, Queen. All right. So uh, we have a lot of suspects, right? We have this, uh, what's his name? The fisherman, right? Fisherman or uh, sh- sh- doc, sailor? Was James Thomas Sadler. All right. So we have different suspects, but one theories. One of the theories. One of the theories. All right. Comes from a royal family. Like one of the things about what my brother's going to get into, yeah. why this theory is so prevalent in, in the Jack the Ripper series aside from the story <clears throat> my brother's going to give one of the things is the battle of classes so Jack the Ripper is killing a bunch of poor people people in Whitechapel mm-hmm, Whitechapel mm-hmm. are looking at the middle and higher and minor, top classes yeah. like rich people going like what the fuck like they're like they're going after us so when the, there's a theory going around that it's a fucking Victorian, not only a Victorian rich guy, but a fucking royal family member who's coming down into the fucking slums and killing people. It adds that whole like rich people versus poor people, Victorian thing. So that's one of the biggest reasons why this story kind of blew up. Blew up. And, yeah. and there's a lot of like, and then after like the <coughs> after these murders, a lot of those start. A lot of those theories started coming out where it's like, oh no, it's a Englishman. It's a classy Englishman. Who comes into the slums and starts killing people, and there's like that romanticization of like, oh, the rich, like the like the rich people have the dark side too. You know what I mean? It's like the whole Doctor Jack and Mister Hyde, yeah, yeah, com- complexity that the yeah. that the lower class are putting on the higher class, the higher classes. And this is one of the cool. This is one of the weird ones. Like not weird ones, but this is like one of the most intriguing ones. It's a member of the fucking royal family. It's like the nephew of the queen who put the fucking lights in Whitechapel. All hell the queen, bro. For the All lights. hell the queen. <laughs> So, this is tie-in with uh, Royalty and uh, Jack the Ripper. Uh, what I'm about to read to you guys is from a casebook known as Casebook Jack the Ripper, produced by Stephen R. Ryder and Jono. Um, they go in, they, if you look up this website online, they go details on details and third parties. So, this is so, so this is one of... This is pr- them saying, like, this is why the, he's the Jack the Ripper. Yeah. Okay, cool. Okay. And they also utilize other uh, sources, the books when they, because the the this theory came out years after. Yeah, it, yeah. And more shit about Jack the Ripper. So uh, that being said, let's get straight to it. Um, this individual, the royalty, is known as Prince Albert Victor. His full name was Prince Albert Victor Christian Edward, but known as Eddie to his friends, is one of the most famous suspects in the Jack the Ripper case. Figuring in, in no less than three major theories. This is one of them. Over the years, different versions of his personality, mental stability, and manner of death have appeared. Eddie was born in 1864 to Albert Edward um, and Princess Alexandra. Bertree was well known by English public and not highly respected by many of the lower and some of the upper classes. 
He had a reputation for being a ladies' man and was rumored to have been a party to many of the scandal that has hushed up by the palace. Princess Alexandra, on the other hand, was equivalent to today's princess Di or D D I, in that she was much loved by public, who had great sympathy for for her having to put up with um, antics of her husband. But most reports, Eddie was a slow child and grew up to be rather a dull adult. Even his nearest and dearest friends were naturally bent on making the best of poor Prince Eddie cannot bring themselves to use more positive terms. Prince Eddie was certainly dear and kind and considerate. He was self-indulgent and not punctual. He had been given no proper education, and as a result, he was interested in nothing. (laughs) (laughs) Which I found funny. (laughs) Hey, what do you do? Fucking nothing. What do you like? Nothing. Nothing. What are your hobbies? Fucking nothing. So he's a waste. Essentially. Essentially. He was as heedless and as aimless as a gleaming goldfish in a crystal bowl. (laughs) Damn. That that hurts. What the fuck did Eddie do to these writers? They're fucking dragging them. There was rumors stating that um, Eddie was mentally challenged. He had a mental impairment. Right, That his intelligence was lower than expected of a future monarch which is not disputed, and is believed that this limited mental ability was one of the reasons why he required a tutor at Cambridge. He was partially deaf. That's right, he did go to Cambridge. Mm-hmm. Owing to inherited hearing problems through his mother's side of the family, he had an unusually long and thin neck, which required him to wear long starch collars and lent him to receiving the nickname Collars and cuffs. <laughs> Mad as fuck. Call me a goldfish. Now you're calling me collars and cuffs. You're saying I'm a stupid as a goldfish on a ball. Now you calling me, <laughs> now you calling me necks? You're calling me neck? Eddie neck? During Eddie. Eddie's lifetime, there were rumors regarding his lifestyle, intelligence, and physical health, but nothing was ever proven. And these are all just fucking it's rumors. People saying, yeah. oh, yeah. Um, during the time of the Ripper's murders, there were no actual theories presented linking Eddie to the crimes. This is during these murders. Those would come much later after many of the principal characters in theories were dead. Damn, imagine. Right? You had all these suspects prior. They all died. And it's like, fuck. Let's blame it on this dude. <laughs> I would be fucking pissed. The most boring dude. Hey, that's that. That could be a dope ass alibi, though. What? I'm so, I'm so stupid. I don't like anything. <laughs> no, you're so stupid that no one would think it'd be you. Mm-hmm. True, true. Uh, those would come much later after many of the principal characters and theories were dead. It would not be until 1962 when the first theory regarding Eddie's involvement in the murders became known. Holy, almost 80 fucking yeah. years. Yeah, according to Jack the Ripper, the um, the book A through Z. By Beg, Fido, and Skinner. The first allegation comes from Felipe Julian. In his book, Edward Seventh. in it, Julian remarks that the prince and the Duke of Bedford were rumored to be responsible for the murders. The, this thread was taken up by Dr. Thomas Stowell, who in 1970 published an article in the <laughs> criminologist called A Solution. It created a cessation by his vowed accusation of Prince Eddie as a killer. 
Stowe apparently used the private papers of Sir William Gull as his primary source material, and it was these papers which led him to devise his theory. Throughout his article, the killer is referred to as S, but there is enough internal evidence to identify Eddie as his chief culprit. This is where it gets weird, kind of. Now, according to Stowell, Eddie was suffering from syphilis, contracted during a shore party in the West Indies, and this infection drove Eddie insane and compelled him to commit these murders. Okay. So, like, this dude caught syphilis, fucking raged so much, he needed to get his rage out of the system, so he was killing whores. <laughs> so, so that's that's how this theory came up. In this theory, royal family knew that Eddie was a murderer, definitely, after the second murder, and possibly even after the first. Eddie's doctor in this matter was supposedly Sir William Gold, who infirmed Bertrand that his son was dying of syphilitic infection. Apparently, no attempt was made to restrain Eddie until after the double event when he was bundled away in restraints to a private mental hospital. So, like, fuck. After the double event incident, like, hey, we got to put this dude away. According to this theory. His family knew about it. Hey, we know he's a killer. Let's protect him. And let's just put him away. Eddie then escaped to carry out the Kelly murder after which he was again locked away and died, not of a flu in 1892, as claimed, but of softening of the brain in a private mental hospital in Sandringham. Stowell goes on to include Eddie's resemblance to Druitt in the eyewitness accounts of the Ripper as proof positive. Oh, shit. While a neat and tidy theory, later Ripperologists have poked several effective holes through it. Close. Oh. Which I don't... Fucking nerds? <laughs> yeah. All right. Let's hear these fucking Debbie Downers. Mm-hmm. To begin with, Stowell claims of using Gold's private papers cannot be substantiated due to Stowell's death within days of publishing his theory and the burning of his own papers, which were unread by the family. With the lack of paper, Stowell's claims of Eddie being homosexual and nearly escaping prosecution in the Cleveland Street scandal and of Eddie's Contracting syphilis cannot be confirmed. Adding more confusion, Stowell used Gold's paper for his theory, but Eddie supposedly died in 1892 and Gould in 1890. So Gould could not have been able to comment on the cause of Eddie's death because they were, you know, yeah. fucking dead. If this theory is true, Gould could be a source of confirming the infection, but not necessarily of being at the cause of Eddie's death. Being the two most important parts of the theory, their their elimination severely weakens the case. And then one of the things, too, that people are able to believe this at the time when they threw this theory out was that if you were a homosexual, you were considered to be a fucking deviant pervert. Like, if you're gay, I mean, you are... You you, you want to do everything. So murder is not out of the question for for a homosexual at the time. They're like, oh, he's a pervert. Of course he kills people. Right. You know what I mean? And like, especially if you're always killing prostitutes, it's kind of like a symbol. Blah, 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 you know what I mean? The stupid people connecting dots that aren't there. But that's one of the. That's a huge reason why. Why this? Not a huge reason, but it's a huge reason why people are like, oh, you know what? The prince might be gay. <laughs> All right. Oh, he caught syphilis. Oh, oh, he's gay. He's gay and syphilis. Oh, of course he's murdering these fucking whores. He's a devil. Yeah. Again, there's more loopholes. Another one is uh, more importantly, examination of court and royal records reveal that Eddie was not even in London. 
on the important murder <laughs> dates. <laughs> 29 August 7th, September 1888. For that time, the prince was staying with Viscount Down, Downey, D-O-W-N-E, at Danby Lodge, Grismont, Yorkshire. All right, uh, 7th through 10th of September 1888, the prince was at Calvary Barracks in York. 27th through 30th of September, the prince was at Albergeldi, Scotland, where Queen Victoria recorded in her journal. 1st of November, he arrived in London from York. 2nd to the 12th of November, the prince was at Sandringham again, which took place Kelly's murder on the 9th of November. So, so he, his alibis are fucking like, dude, I'm not even, I'm not even in fucking London. Like, I'm, I'm in fucking Scotland. <laughs> I'm way the fuck on the other side of Europe. Those are pretty big um, fuck use to the theory. Yeah. <laughs> if I ever heard one. What were you on the time of this murder? Not even... I was in a different time zone, asshole. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't even alive. Okay. So this is Stowell's thing, right? So Stowell argues that the Ripper skill at dissecting was obtained through Eddie's experience at dressing deer. A far leap in logic, despite the implausibility of Eddie actually being the Ripper, he was named as an infamous killer in yet another book called Prince Jack. So this strange book takes the basic thrust of Stowell's theory, clearly naming Eddie as a killer, goes on even further inspiring claims to have found a copy of Gould's notes in the new york academy of medicine in which supposedly was a report of Gould's hypnotizing eddie and watching horrified as eddie act out the acted out the murders so this is gonna be bullshit i think <laughs> uh, from this Gould went on uh diagnosed eddie as having syphilis and that the accompanying pain was driving the prince out to commit the murders in fits of fantastic rage, Spiring goes on to suggest that the Lord Salisbury is possibly collusion with Bertie had Eddie killed by a morphine overdose. So they're saying they killed Eddie by overdosing the motherfucker instead of the flu. In 1978, Spiring issued a challenge to Queen Elizabeth II to reveal the truth about Eddie. Either she should open the royal archives or hold a press release detailing the Duke's activities as a ripper. When in Buckingham Palace, spokesman stated that Spiring could examine the royal archives. So, hey, shoot through and you can watch these, you can read these archives as other researchers, as other researchers had done, but that the accusations were not sufficiently serious to warrant a special, a special statement from the Queen. Spiring replied that he didn't want to see the files, leaving Rumbrow and others seduced that entire episode been orchestrated to sell copies of books. So he just wanted fucking money, according to this. Since then, Spiring has not made any further claims or <laughs> produced any further evidence supporting his theory. Hmm. I wonder why. I wonder why. Yeah, so that's pretty much the the whole sum, the, the whole thing about it. Right? In the end, it is difficult to consider Eddie a serious suspect. Right, you find all these loopholes. You find all these dates saying, hey, he wasn't even fucking here for around these uh, murders. Okay, Although rumored, there is no concrete evidence that Eddie had mental problems, either through syphilis or any other reason. He is reported being out of the country during the murders, and there is no solid evidence that has been produced that links Eddie to sexual relationship with either James Stephen or Annie Crook. Despite these facts, it appears likely that 
outside of serious ripper circles. The theory of Eddie's involvement in the murders in some way will never completely fade. So although there's fucking evidence, evidence stating, yo, he's, he's clearly not the ripper, people are still going to be, he may be... Because there's that, yeah, there's that, that what if for that fascination with the whole royal family being involved in that, yeah, and the unknown like, as well, and just the fact that there's <clears throat> even like some coincidence of like, oh, but if you connect this dot with this dot, yeah, yeah, which is crazy because like we humans were we're intrigued in, uh, to the unknown, and uh, we want to know this, yeah, we want to know, and at this point they're willing to just fucking. This dude was fucking killer. That's crazy too, because like that's that dude was a killer. One of Lovecraft's famous quote is, "Oh, you would the, bring in fucking Lovecraft." The greatest fear is the fear of the unknown, and the, yeah. the, the thing is, well, that's the thing we're fucking most in fucking um, in love with. That's the thing. The thing we're like, oh, I don't know. Yeah, you're trying to piece things together that you yeah. don't shit you don't understand. Yeah. But like, what are the like? What if fucking poor Eddie over here? What if he had a wife? He was straight and. You know, he had like yeah, a normal love pussy. You know? he, had, he had a normal family. He was actually a smart guy. Uh-huh. But after like people ripologists like, nah, 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 he didn't. He had syphilis. He had a long neck. He could have been he gay. Was <laughs> They're just throwing shade at this dude's name. Challenge. The minute you said, oh, but he had a long neck, I was like, you're just <laughs> pulling shit out of your ass, bro. <laughs> and that that's the trend. Like a lot of these suspects were just like, hey, there's this connection. Let's dig more into this shit. What's well, the media for you? Yeah, dude. I mean, I'm, I'm just talking <laughs> shit. And, I mean, and and like that's you know, like the, people who are obsessed with it, they're obsessed with like trying to solve the Ripper murder. You know what I mean? And then since there's, it's been such a long time that they haven't gotten a fucking clue. They're just taking any evidence. They're still trying to. There's yeah. clues still coming out yeah. today. And then one of them was this poor dude. His name is Montague John Druitt. and so they. This is the main reason as to why they, they saw this guy as a suspect. Because when he died, all the murders and the Whitechapel things ended. <laughs> That's literally the main reason why they, they picked him as a suspect. Yeah. But then we look at his backstory and he was literally, he, he was a family of a doctors. And so, so that's another clue. Like, oh, so he has uh, to know. He, know the, he, the, this, he has some freaking. That adds, that adds to the whole thing of exactly. like the Jack the Ripper having shown <laughs> medical knowledge. Yeah. And then on top of that, um, his family was even accusing him as a, as a, as Jack the Ripper. His own family? His own family. Hey, man, a and then when they, when they Jack asked the, the family, hey, so why do you guys think he's, he's Jack the Ripper? I don't know. What? Like, like he looks he looks like he kills horse. Like his own family accuses him, but they don't have any proof as to why he's Jack the Ripper. They're just like, oh, I don't know. Yeah, like cause he fucking chews with his mouth open, that's why. <laughs> he has a long neck. He has, <laughs> he has syphilis. <laughs> he fits the Jack the Ripper description, which is what? He has a long neck. Yeah. And like when they looked more into into this, he himself is not a doctor. Like he he, he was What is he? He was working was in law. Title? He was working in law and he was working in a boarding school. As a assist, what they call assistant schoolmaster over at uh, um, George Valentine's boarding school. Yeah. Uh, and then here's another clue. At the end of November 1888, all of a sudden he was dismissed for unspecified, quote unquote, serious trouble. And then shortly after that, um, on December the 31st, same year, 1888, they found his body floating in the Thames at Chiswick. And so after that su- that suicide that he committed, then that's when all of a sudden the murders were done. 
completely stopped. They just... completely stopped. But there's, you know, besides the, the the clues and this and that, and the theories of like, oh, he has to be Jack the Ripper or anything. To be honest, I'm pretty sure, and this is what a lot of people think, the reason why he committed suicide is because his family was accusing him for being Jack the Ripper. And then he was just removed from his job. He was just, you know, fired. And so he put up a, a short suicidal note that stated, Suck my dick. Since Friday, which is probably the time when he, he, he uh, got fired. Yeah. Since Friday, I felt like I was going to be like mother. And the best thing for me was to die. And so his mother uh, actually became uh, became insane previously in July. And so I, at that point, he kind of felt like, I guess, he hit rock bottom. Mm-hmm. His only way to just kind of be away from all this shit is take, take his own life. Just someone who... Coincidence? <laughs> like, oh, he died. The murder stopped. It was him. Yeah. You know, people like, you bring up a good point. I mean, like, you, like you brought up a good point. When it when it came to the re, one of the reasons is because his family yeah where he he came from a family of doctors uh-huh. and that's one of the things that come that divides the whole that that is a huge division between historians and Jack the Ripperologists is if did Jack the Ripper actually show any medical knowledge and like I just you know like that and also that's one of the few dividing factors in the whole Ripper lore is whether or not you believe this Victorian serial killer possessed some sort of medical knowledge. While it's true that during the inquests into the death of the victims, the majority of the doctors present, they gave, they did give evidence for, and generally they all agreed, there was some, some show of knowledge of anatomy, but they all, no, 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 no one can conclude how much he actually knew. Yeah. Was he a full-blown doctor? Did he, like, hunt deer? Was he a butcher? Like, no one knew how much medical, and anatomical knowledge he knew they look videos up on youtube yeah so like for example like one of the doctors dr uh yoellen the medic who initially examined mary nichols's body he had the opinion that the killer did possess some anatomical knowledge considering he seemed to have attacked all the vital organs he's like you you you, you only know what the vital organs are if you know about anatomy yeah and Jack the Ripper, when it came to Mary Nichols body, he fucking attacked all the fucking vital organs. Another one, when Baxter, the coroner at that same inquest, he stated that injuries inflicted on both Mary Nichols and Annie Chapman had, quote unquote, in each case been performed with some anatomical knowledge. At Annie Chapman's inquest, Dr. George Baxter Phillips, the police surgeon who examined Annie's body, he suggested that the mutilations have been done by, quote-unquote, such an instrument as a medical man used for post-mortem purposes. But also later said that anybody with a slaughterhouse background or, like, knowledge might have easily just been able to do the deed. So he's like, hmm. so he's like, it could just be either or. And here's another fun fact, right? I'm, t- I'm, I'm stealing your segment hey, for, what the? for a little bit. Fuck! So during this inquest, when everyone... So they have the murders, inquests when they bring all the doctors in. Like, what is your medic? What is your opinion? What's going on? What's your progress? Progress? What is it? Prognosis? Yeah. Yeah. During this summit, during the summoning up at Annie's uh, at Annie's Chapman's death, the coroner, when Baxter, he caused a bit of a scene when he revealed Ooh, drama, drama that the sub curator, yeah, it is drama. That the sub curator, that the sub curator of a pathological museum, he had he had informed him. 
informed him of an American doctor who, some months earlier, had asked him to get him a number of wombs, for which he was willing to pay 20 euros for each. So this dude's like, hey, a couple of months ago, an American doctor came up to me and like, hey, if you give me some wounds, I'll give you some money. And what's one of the things that all these victims, the Jack the Ripper victims were missing? Wounds. So apparently, the American doctor, he wished to give them away with copies of a publication that he was working on to other doctors. You know, oh, like, that's weird. Like, oh, I'm writing a book. Here's a womb. Like, suck my dick. But the fact that Annie Chapman's, that Annie Chapman's womb had been removed raised the actual possibility that the killer was someone who might have been influenced by this American doctor to commit the murders in order to acquire the organs for, for this for the money for, for money. So the coroner's like, hey, this American doctor came up to me and said, hey, you got some wombs? I'm like, nah, I ain't got nothing for you. A few months later, all these prostitutes are showing up with no wombs and everyone, everyone at the inquest told him to shut the fuck up. Like, dude, just shut up. And he never brought it up again. That was the last time he brought it up. And they never followed any leads into it. Nothing. All of them are sweating like, fuck. It was me. Well, no. Well, he said American doctor. No, like. Oh, I get you. Like that was in charge of get, getting the wounds from these yeah. So, yeah. So, they, he, he said it. And all the doctors were like, man, shut, shut the fuck up. And he just he never brought it up again. I'm like, why? This seems like a good lead. It's better than like, oh, my family thinks I'm Jack the Ripper. Yeah. It's him. So, during the same inquest, during Annie's inquest, Coroner Baxter, he too was adamant that her injuries had been made by someone who, quote-unquote, had, consider- had considerable anatomical skill and knowledge. He gave the example of her uterus being taken as proof that the killer must have known where to find it, how difficult it is to remove a womb, and how he should use his knife as to remove the organ without injuring it. So, he's like, dude, this dude knows what he's doing, because not only... If you don't know what a womb looks like, you don't know what the hell you're looking at. Not only that, you have, you have to know where it is, and then you have to use a knife specifically a certain way for you not to fucking, in, not to nick it or cut it when you take it out. So this dude knows what he's doing. And he finished with, no unskilled person could, could have known where to find it or have recognized it when it was found. He's like, dude, there's no way he did not know anything. He must have known. He had some, and that, he had, he must know some knowledge. And not only that, this, this is happening like, <laughs> Exactly. So, in, in order now, for him to be like, be to be able to do this with such precision, you have to have some sort of training to be able to go in and get out immediately. Because if you're learning on the job, boy, you're gonna get caught. And then during Catherine Eddowes's inquest, Doctor Sakura, the first medical man to examine her body, he was under the impression that the murderer possessed no real skill. While the police surgeon, Dr. Frederick Gordon, expressed that complete opposite and stated that the person who inflicted the wounds on Catherine would have required a good deal of anatomical knowledge at the position to the organ in the abdominal cavity and the way of removing it. So this is like, no, this dude, he's just like, he's just, first of all, he's cutting them up all wrong. Like, and then the other other doctor's like, yeah, okay, obviously he's not perfect, but he's removing shit that no one else would know is there unless you know it's there. And... In a short amount of time. And then in a quick... And had him in a knife. Show me. Yeah. yeah. But the funniest one, the last man to express an opinion on the question of the Ripper having any medical knowledge was Dr. William Sedgwick Saunders, who had assisted at Catherine Edel's postmortem. 
This dude, he was sure as dick that her wounds show no sign of having been inflicted by a person of great skill. So the whole time, everyone's... He has Maudic... The Ripper knows this. He knows that. Yeah. He's just chilling with his arms, chilling back with his arms crossed. And then when it's her time, when it's her time to speak, he's like, this dude didn't know dick. This is why. And he started dropping a bunch of shit. He's like, yeah, he did remove it, but he didn't remove it cleanly. He removed it like this, la, la, la. So he's trying to like shit on the idea of yeah. it. And then the man who was really into... Sh- really into the idea of shitting on the idea of the Ripper having any anatomical knowledge was Dr. Thomas Bond, the police surgeon for the Metropolitan Police Aid Division. And according to Bond, the mutilations were inflicted by, quote-unquote, a person who had no scientific nor anatomical knowledge, not even the technical prowess of a butcher or a horse slaughter or any person accustomed to cut up dead animals. He's like, he's like, dude, this dude didn't know dick. He was just cutting shit up. Like, maybe he got lucky. Maybe he didn't. Like, but, the, like, there's so many other better, cleaner ways to remove it. So, like, there's there's this whole, con- I, I, I mean, I followed, I found the line of Jack the Ripper did know some anatomical knowledge. You had to. Whether he's a surgeon or not, that's a different story. Yeah, whether, but, yeah. But whether he knows some shit. Yeah. He knows some shit. Yeah, and, like. If you were to tell me right now, point at the vital organs on a dummy, I will not be able to point at more than like two. I mean, I'm saying like if this was happening modern times, I would agree with that because you know YouTube, all that, you, yeah. you know the knowledge. But back then, you literally have to be practicing yeah. on real courts and knowing the anatomy of a human. And to say he had no fucking knowledge on that. That's ridiculous. It's ridiculous, especially... Um, they're saying, oh, it's other ways. I'm pretty, it wasn't, I'm pretty the sure these are all freaking there. like just freaking big dick doctors, doctors that that are thinking like, I don't want to be compared to this motherfucker. That's, yeah, that's exactly that's what it could be. Thing. Where it's just like, like we don't. He's not a part of our community. Getting the fuck out. He doesn't know anything. Yeah. But most of the doctors are like, no, but he does know something. He's, yeah. he's showing knowledge. Yeah, he's they, removing and, shit. And for that amount of time, dude. Yeah. That, that's, that's a big factor. That's really the thing. It's I get like, it. If they're like, yeah, if you give him fucking 12 hours to cut, yeah, you cut better ways. But if you're doing course. it in two hours or less, it's yeah. like, holy two shit. Two hours. He's doing it in like 15 minutes. Yeah. yeah. Well, fuck. Because was, there was one murder that happened within an hour or 30 minutes? Or how oh, long no, was on Mitra Square. Remember where the police showed up at the Mitra Square? Yeah, yeah. He thought he got his beat, went back, came back 15 minutes. Back he's like, what, dead. what the fuck? Yeah. Yeah. He was like, I just passed through here. Yeah. Was like, yeah. 15, he's just, you, how fast did he do it? He was just. That's that's quick as fuck. That's quick. And that's you, and you can't he be said that. that two minutes ago. And you can't. And we're barely hearing it. And. I'm under the impression that the Jack the Ripper did. Yeah, he knows obviously, obviously. He knows some shit, yeah, man. Yeah, so that's our Jack the Ripper series. Yeah. We covered the murders. We covered Jack the Ripper being politicized by the politicians. Yeah. We talked about, did Jack the Ripper know any medical knowledge? And there are so many fucking suspects, but most of them are like the Montague, where yeah. someone's like, I saw him in London this day. Like, for example, there's that one famous painter. There's a bunch of things like that. And then I was going to talk about The Star. Like, you guys heard me through episode one where I kept talking about a documentary. It's a whole... I'm going to do that for the, for the mini episode. Just because it's a lot. It's a lot. 
and it de- it doesn't deal with a lot of the murders. And I wanted to keep these two episodes just about the murders. Yeah. So I'm gonna do the mini episode. I'm gonna just do it on the star. And one of the things about that about that theory is that the tabloids, the media, the newspapers were actually causing the Jack the Ripper murders. Oh. So you guys can listen to that next week when. Hopefully, Archie shows up because he's on vacation. He has no excuses anymore. I'll be good. <laughs> yeah, he's going to be like, nah, be I rented a cabin down in fucking Lancaster or some bullshit. Ugh. Ugh. Exactly. I don't know. I don't. I'm trying to go to Lancaster for a vacation. People in Lancaster don't want to go to Lancaster. <laughs> they live in Lancaster. But, hey, yeah, so, yeah, houses, so. Houses are dope over there, though. Yeah, so Side that's because it's cheap. Yeah, because it's all fuck, man. I ain't even talk about Lancaster. <laughs> um, yeah, dude, this is. Hell so yeah. I hope you guys enjoy the Jack the Ripper series. I, I, I only said it was going to be two-parter, technically four with the two mini episodes. Yeah. But two-part, we're trying to keep this short. I enjoyed it. I've always been into the Jack the Ripper, as you guys could if you guys could tell by my fucking room. I'll take a picture and post that up on, on Instagram so you can see the Dear Boss letters. You can see the From Hell letters. You can see the Wanted posters. You can see all of that. And you can see all that on Instagram at Weird History Retail Spawn. One of the things we completely forgot, too, because we were kind of on hiatus for a little bit because yeah, of yeah, personal yeah. reasons, the show is two years old, dude. Two. We've been doing years? this shit for two fucking years. Forgot to post our picture. Two years, bro. When I first started, I was like, "Man, we ain't gonna last half a year, bro." And here we are, two years into shit. Fucking Crazy. forty. Because of y'all, y'all, four, y'all 40, like our shit. Forty-nine episodes. Yeah, y'all like our stuff. We're starting to get a lot more interaction on uh, on Instagram. People just, telling us, just dope, dude. People telling, "Oh, dude, I'm, I enjoy the show. I have, a, you know, I have have a few friends like like one of my." Uh, a good friend, her name's Amy. She's like my brother's number one fan. She 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 considers him his her his fucking her spirit animal. She's like your brother is me. Yeah, cause he she loves, loves drama. Oh, I love drama too, Amy. She has a big ass head. She she has a big ass head. Big ass head, bro. She's a bobblehead. What? She's gonna talk shit at her like that? <laughs> the fuck? That's a shout out to Amy. Oh <laughs> my God. God. Big head. Damn, Amy. Hey, you know what? <laughs> Every fan listening out there, you ain't safe, bro. We're going to roast your ass. So, uh, if you got a big head. You got a big you head. You got a big head. You got to own it, bro. Head. You got to yeah, own it. It's fucked up. But we get, you know, again, we keep going up and down on our, on our fucking iTunes thing. Oh, RIP iTunes. iTunes is gone. iTunes is yeah. gone. I, Apple's like, what? fuck iTunes. <laughs> iTunes is done. Like, they it's don't. Like- no one listens to our shit. No one buys their freaking gift cards to buy more music <laughs> from <laughs> iTunes. See, but that's the thing, though. That's the majority of the people who used iTunes was to buy music. But Apple's like, nah, we don't want you to buy music. We want you just to do Apple Music. Uh, so there's no more iTunes. So the good thing is, guys, when you guys turn on your computer, there's not going to be no more fucking iTunes updates. Nice. Every time I would turn on my computer, there'll be a fucking iTunes update. What would you even update? I wouldn't. I haven't updated since like 2012. No, but what, what are they freaking updating? It's nothing. Oh, shit. A button. But thank you, guys. We are officially two years old. Nuts. Well, we're almost at 50 episodes. And Nuts. then? And then? And then we're getting close. Well, we're, we reached 40K hey. downloads. 40,000. 40,000. This is fucking 40, this is stupid. It's really it's the fir- ridiculous. The, the crazy thing is our first year. We didn't reach 20. We, we got 10. We got 10. Our first year. First yeah. year, we got 10K. Second yeah. year, we got 30. 30. That's freaking ridiculous. For this ridiculous. next year, I want 100K. So you guys better get on it. Damn. On a hundred thousand, <laughs> but thank you guys so much. It was listeners like y'all asking for too much. <clears throat> like y'all need to upload more. <laughs> oh, so thank you. <laughs> you have that one listener. What happened to those video episodes? Shut the fuck up. I'm editing. 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 I'm
Edit the fuck out of that. Yeah, well, we gotta go. Some some of us have to work on a Sunday. Not me. Sucked my dick. Hey, not hey. <laughs> fuck you. High five to that. So thank you guys so much. Thank you. It's been two ridiculous years. Fun years for me. I've spent I, I spent more time reading and doing notes in these past two years than I did in my fucking fifteen plus year academic career. <laughs> Damn. But it's been a blast because I didn't talk about zombies and shit in school. But thank you guys so much. It's fun. Do you guys have anything else to add? Nah, I mean, just, uh, you know, thanks for the support. Keep supporting us. Uh, Hopefully you enjoy our content as much as we enjoy doing this content for you. And why the fuck are you pointing a finger at me? Because his pussy small, but his money tall. I don't think I said that. (laughs) I don't think, I don't remember. I I, got to go back to the episode and re-listen. It was literally... The previous episode. It was right the first two minutes of the episode. That was your opening line, bro. Because that was, uh, whose line was that? That was Kendrick Lamar shit. He's like, no, I'm small, but my dick tall. ASAP Ferg. Don't you dare confuse me. <laughs> nah, it was ASAP. ASAP shit, my bad. I fucked up. See, see this is how the Ripper Murders started. Yeah, bunch you know, of rumors. A bunch of bullshit. Bunch of bullshit. So it was not ASAP. It's ASAP, bro. I know that fucking Look song. Look it up real quick, bro. Man, thank you guys so much. <laughs> yeah, hold up. We, hold we up. have the weird history. Hold up, man. If you don't have anything else to add, we have the weird history. Gary Tells Pod.